All right, well, we're going to continue with our chronological study of the Bible. So let's begin by turning to Genesis 32. We'll begin there, Genesis uh, 32. All right, and we'll just read the first few verses of Genesis uh, 32, just verses 1 through uh, 3 to begin. Genesis 32 says this in the Word of God. Genesis 32, beginning of verse 1, says, And Jacob went on his way. And the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall ye speak unto my lord Esau. Thy servant Jacob saith, Thus I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now. All right, let us pray again. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and grace. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're still touching hearts uh, to uh, go out into the mission field around the world. And uh, Lord, we just pray uh, for our sister and others that are going. Lord, that you would help them on their deputation and meet their needs and increase their faith. Uh, dear God, and just uh, uh, bless them. Lord, we thank you for those that are here tonight, dear God. And we pray that you would continue to teach us uh, through the Word of God. Again, Lord, we want to be faithful students of the Word of God. Lord, as we look at these uh, 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 true stories uh, in your Word, Lord, help them to be a blessing and encouragement to us uh, with the things that we go through through in life. And again, we pray if by chance, if there's somebody here listening in uh, that's not saved, that God, that you would continue to work in that heart and draw that heart unto you. Lord, we want to continue to see souls saved, lives changed, and God trust you to continue to build your local church here and uh, local churches around the world. And so, Lord, again, we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So you remember uh, last time, right, we, uh, we looked at Abraham, Isaac, and then we were looking at uh, uh, Jacob. And so we'll continue on some things about uh, 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 Jacob. But you remember when uh, Jacob, he left home. Uh, remember, he got, uh, he got uh, uh, his brother mad at him. and His brother threatened to kill him. And so his, uh, his, uh, he was a mama's boy. Remember, and said, ah, oh, you're going to have to leave here. No, we, we, we need you to go find, a, find a, a wife in the right place. And he was on their way there. And remember, he had the dream. Somebody remember what the dream was about that he had on his way to amen, uh, Laban's house and to uh, meet his uh, future wives <laughs> uh, uh, there? Anybody remember what was that about? Yes, sir. Right, and we saw a picture. We saw how that was what a type of Christ, because uh, we saw that when we uh, looked in uh, uh, John one, and uh, it uh, it was uh, uh, interesting. Uh, uh, Jacob got to saw, see the ladder, and we know he that he was a person with guile, right? Uh, he was a subplanner, he was a, a trickster. But then when uh, uh, Nathan got to see Jesus, uh, the true ladder, right? Uh, uh, he said, "In whom is no 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 guile." But uh, we saw there that the Lord is gracious to all. Amen. Uh, and it rains on the just and the unjust. So despite all of Jacob's foolishness, God still put up with him. Aren't you glad that despite all your foolishness, amen, <laughs> I don't know about you, I, I still, you know, I still do stupid things, amen, once in a while, once in a great while maybe, amen, and God still puts up with me, and I'm glad that God has put up with me. Boy, if you had to get everything right, man, I probably wouldn't have quit the ministry, but I'd probably been kicked out if God wasn't, wasn't gracious, so I appreciate him putting up with us and uh, having, having mercy on us and uh, 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 still using us. 
And so we see Jacob is on his way back, right? He's left uh, Laban's house. We saw what happened there with uh, uh, Rachel and uh, uh, Leah. And of course, they, he, he left without Laban uh, knowing about it. He snuck away in the night. And then, of course, uh, uh, Rachel had what stole the gods. And so Laban caught up with them. And then, of course, they made an oath between uh, themselves. And that settled. And so now uh, Jacob's back and uh, uh, he's uh, going to get a chance to see his brother. Of course, as far as he knows, his brother's still mad at him. Well, that's a terrible thing when there's uh, issues in the family. But as we'll see, that God uh, is merciful to him again, despite everything that he's done. And of course, this is a section where we see that he's going to wrestle with God. So Jacob is again ministered to by angels on his route homeward as he had been when leaving home some 20 years earlier. So Jacob here mentions for the first time in the Bible, the armies of heaven. He talks about this is the Lord's host. And of course, God has his uh, host, he has, you know, there's different uh, types of angels. Of course, you know, everybody in the world thinks that all angels have, have uh, wings. But of course, uh, uh, we, we know that's not so. Now, there's a certain type, right, that we see in Isaiah uh, that has wings. But actually, uh, when angels appeared on earth, they usually appeared as men. I mean, when you read the different accounts of the resurrection, sometimes it says the angels and sometimes it says uh, men were there, uh, referring to the same thing. But it's funny when you see statues of angels and pictures of angels there, they usually make it look a little bit more like a, a woman and they usually have uh, um, of, uh, wings and things. But normally they appeared as as men, but here he talks about like the, the, the angels, the Lord's host, which is more like a, the thought of a military or an army. And of course, God has his angels that are willing to fight uh, on his behalf. And of course, when Joshua, you remember when they crossed over Jordan and, uh, um, and then uh, Joshua met with the, the, the captain of the Lord of the host there. We see that with Joshua. But you remember with Elisha, his young servant, uh, when he had uh, uh, the, the enemy there before him and his servant got, got nervous. And, uh, and what Elijah says, he said, oh, don't worry, there's more with us than there are with them. And he asked God to open up uh, the servant's eyes and to let him see what he was surrounded by. And as we mentioned before, amen, it'd be good sometimes. Say, Lord, I wish you'd open my eyes sometimes and let me really see what's, uh, uh, what's going on around me, the battles that are going on. And uh, so we see that with Elijah. Then, of course, uh, the Savior. We know that song, He Could Have Called 10,000 Angels. Man, I haven't heard that song in a long time. Uh, that's a good song. And uh, God, uh, the Lord, if, if, he wanted to, if Jesus wanted to stop them uh, uh, from taking him to be judged and to be crucified, he says, you know, he could have called uh, those legions of angels and they would have came and fought on his behalf. Can you imagine if that many angels showed up? I think about that sometimes because you see what one angel does. Right. I mean, look at what one angel can do. And then look at those in Revelations. Could you imagine if that many angels showed up at one time and God uh, uh, let them loose? Uh, but you see, the Lord didn't need any help with that army, because, listen, when they came and said, hey, we're seeking Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I'm he. What happened? The whole military, their whole army fell down. <laughs> That's amazing. All he had to do is mention who he was. And that was enough power in him just mentioning who he was for all of them to fall down. So, one, he didn't need any help. And two, he didn't want any help because he knew why he was there. But we see uh, the Lord's host mentioned here. And then, of course, David wrote about the host uh, when he said this in Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord, listen to this. This should be this is a good verse for you to highlight. Uh, verse of encouragement. The angel of the Lord in K 
encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Well, that's a, that's a good uh, verse right there. Hey, listen, you don't know how many times that maybe you've, you've entertained an angel unawares or how many times that God uh, used uh, an angel to uh, deliver you. I, I believe that. Well, how many stories have I heard about missionaries uh, in situations and somehow, uh, right, people were coming after him and all of a sudden they got up near their house and all of a sudden they fled and they're like, what happened? Said, oh man, well, your house was uh, uh, surrounded uh, uh, by these people, man. And we just knew that uh, uh, we had to get out of there. And uh, I believe that was the Lord uh, putting his host, uh, putting his uh, host around there. So I believe that God, I believe God uh, still does things like that. And so, of course, at this time, he's going back to see Esau and he hears that Esau's coming with 400 men. And he thinks, oh, no, here it is. All these things I've been fearing about coming back, it's finally going to happen. And so he, he divides his uh, household. Boy, that'd be pretty tough to see uh, a, a, a dad dividing the household. And uh, boy, you really find out who he likes. Huh? Uh, let's see. Uh-huh. Well, let's see. You didn't listen. I told you them, George, you didn't listen. You're going to the front of the line. Amen. But he divides his family up and uh, uh, puts them in order of how would they would face if Esau, if Esau showed up. So uh, Esau is coming with his company and is afraid that he is going to smite them. But again, uh, as we'll see in this story, what happened? The Lord went before him. I don't know what happened between the Lord and Esau or how the Lord changed his heart or softened his heart. But aren't you glad, amen, when the Lord goes before you and prepares the way? And when you think a situation is going to be so bad and it's a situation you feared, but then you get there and saw that the Lord went before you. Well, how many times have I seen that in my life and even, even uh, in recent times where I thought, man, I got to have to go deal with this thing and I'm afraid if it turns out this way and but uh, pray about it and then see how God uh, went before us and touched uh, touched hearts already so we see uh, it's a, this shows the great power of prayer and praying that God would go before you and so what he does he he tries to send a bribe to Esau sends about 500 something uh, animals as a, as, a, as, a, as a gift to Esau so then we go on and we see there occurred that night by the river Jabbok, one of the most mysterious and wonderful uh, events in the Bible. As uh, we review here again, look at these verses in Genesis uh, 32, beginning of verse uh, 22. This is where he wrestles with God. And it says, And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the four Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And then it says in verse 24, And Jacob was left alone. And again, there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Notice that the term man there. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Well, when's the last time you spent enough time in prayer with God and got a hold of God and said, Lord, listen, I, 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 I mean, I, can, I just can't wait. I need you to do something and I need you to do something now. And really uh, sought, the, sought the Lord on something. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. What, what are you, you going to give a blessing to this angel? What? And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? 
And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose up on him, and he halted upon his thigh. Boy, a lot of uh, uh, good thoughts right there just in that statement. Therefore, the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon uh, the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. So we see a wonderful experience here. And uh, uh, so he says this. It goes on, and uh, we see here there, this uh, uh, mighty wrestling that went on. And you can uh, glean a lot of theology and uh, good teaching through what happened here. But his name is changed from the subplanner or the trickster, or however you want to say it, to, amen, Israel, one who has power with God. And, he, and notice this. It says, again, uh, uh, notice what it says here in verse 3. And Jacob called the name of that place Penuel, for I have seen the face of God. And it says, as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose, and he halted upon his thigh. So what do we see from this experience that he had with God? that his walk was never the same, <laughs> that his walk was never the same. And so if you take a spiritual principle for that, amen, once we have a personal experience with God or amen gets a, a, a hold of us, our walk should change, amen. Our walk should be different. And no doubt it was easy for people to see that his walk had changed, right? People could see the change in his walk. It was, it was very evident, right, because he had a, he had a limp. And so uh, even though we may not in that sense have a physical limp, the same thought is that it should be very clear, very evident that we've been touched by God. It should be very clear, very evident, amen, that we've had an experience with God and our changed walk and our changed life should be very clear to see. And Jacob is a good type or example of that right here. He never walked the same after his soul struggling session with God. And so after meeting with God, amen, and having his touch upon our life, we should never walk the same and it should be very clear. So after Jacob called the name of this place Peniel, which means the face of God, God had touched. Now remember on his way there, God had touched him, right? He had met with God at Bethel, what became known as Bethel. So there God touched his heart. But here, this is where God claimed his life. Man. So we see here that he, he, he went another step or he went to another level with God. So thank God for the place where he met God and God got a hold of his heart. But here, amen, God gets a hold of his life and there's a drastic change in his life. And so when you think about, uh, when you think about well, I've been saved this long, as you look back over that life, thank God you can look back at the day that you gave your life to the Lord and you got saved, amen, and you got saved. But when is the last time you had a, 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 a real encounter with God, a real experience with God that you can say, oh, I remember that time God was really working in my life and I sort of can, I, and it was very clear in my heart that I believe God brought me to the next level or God brought me to another closer relationship with him since the time I got saved. You got to remember, salvation is just a starting point. 
<laughs> it's, just, it's just a starting point, right? You're a babe, as babes in Christ, as I was the milk of the word, right? So there should, be, there should be clear evidence that there's been growth in your life. There should be clear evidence in your life since you've got saved, that you've gone to new heights and new levels in your walk with God. That's expected. We see that teaching clearly in the New Testament. I mean, how many times is Paul rebuking somebody and saying, what's going on here? Hey, by now, right, you should be eating meat. By now, you should be teachers. But now you have need that one teach you again. What happened? You know, uh, you remember Paul uses the word babe. It's used a couple times in the New Testament. And of course, it doesn't mean the same thing every place you see it. Of course, in Peter, when it says, as, as babes in Christ desire the sincere milk, of course, it's talking about a newborn babe right there because that's who needs the milk. But when he uses babe over there in Corinthians, he's not talking about a new believer. He's talking about one whose growth that means ones with retarded, with retarded growth. In other words, they failed a man to grow and be what they ought to be in their Christian walk. And so we want to ask God, amen. What's that song? Higher ground. Amen. We want to keep reaching higher ground. Listen, amen. As you go through your life, uh, there should be higher ground. We sing that song. It gets sweeter and sweeter uh, as the day goes by. I mean, think about when, if you've ever climbed a mountain, amen, or, or, or uh, uh, gone a place that's uh, very high as you go up, amen, how beautiful. I remember uh, walking up a mountain uh, in Switzerland that had this old rickety uh, staircase up the mountain. And man, uh, just uh, as, as you went up, amen, there were a lot of twists and turns uh, up that mountain, just like there's a lot of twists and turns in life. And I thought, man, if I'd have known there had been this many steps, I may not have started out, amen. Did you ever feel that way sometimes? Man, if I'd known I was going to go through all this, I don't know if I'd have, if I'd have taken this staircase. But, and, but the further along I got, amen, and when I look back, the more beautiful the scenery became. And uh, that's how it is in our walk with God. If we'll just keep moving up and marching forward, amen, as we look back over what God has done in our life, how beautiful the scenery will be. And besides, you're getting closer to the top of the mountain, amen, where you can look over on the other side. And so he never walked the same after this touch with God. And so God got a hold of his heart and God claimed his life. Amen. You're saved. God's got a hold of your heart. You've been saved. But amen. Have you surrendered your life? Have you consecrated your life? You know, uh, uh, Moses said, who this day will what? Consecrate himself. Amen. Unto, unto the Lord. So the, in the former place, we saw his conversion and salvation. And then here we see more of his consecration consecration and sanctification. So there needs to be that conversion unto salvation. Then there should be a point, amen, of consecration and sanctification. Again, we see that in the New Testament. What's uh, somebody quote uh, Romans uh, uh, 12, right? One and two there. What does it say? Yes, David. Right. Amen. The good and acceptable, per perfect will of God. What's that spell? G-A-P. The gap. Right. The gap. Right. Uh, uh, God said he's looking for somebody to stand in the gap. Well, what is that gap God wants you to stand in? The good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's the gap that God wants you to fill. Amen. In your life. Right there it is. He said, hey, you've gotten saved. Now your reasonable service, amen, is to have a life of consecration and sanctification. And we see a good, again, a good illustration and type of that in Jacob's life right here. So first,
first he had, uh, he had uh, introduced him, right, to the peace of God. He got the peace of God when God got his heart. But secondly, he freely gave him that peace of God. He now possessed not only, uh, uh, so he went from just having life to abundant life. And that's what Jesus says. I didn't just come to give you life, but I came to give you abundant life, right? Amen. And overflowing. That's what God wants you to have. He wants you to have that overflowing life. He wants you to have that overflowing relationship. What's it say? Out of your, out of your belly show, what, show rivers, not a river, but rivers. Amen. There should be overflow in your life. So uh, Jacob bowing and trembling, he finally meets Esau. So look at uh, chapter 33, one through four. It says, and Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, Esau came and with him 400 men. And so Jacob's still nervous here. And he divided the children under Leah and under Rachel and under the two handmaids. And he put the handmaids and their children foremost and Leah and her children after and Rachel and Joseph hindermost. So you know who he, who he favored the most there. And he passed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. And he saw ran to meet him. And here it is. And embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him. And they wept. What a precious time uh, that is. What a precious reunion uh, that is. And so Esau wanted Jacob to, uh, and so they, they meet and he finds out his brother's not going to kill him. In fact, his brother wants him to come back with him. Amen. And spend, spend, some, spend some time with him. But of course, uh, 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 Jacob uh, uh, finds an excuse not to go. He says, my Lord knoweth the children are tender and the flocks and herds with young are with me. And if men should overdrive them one day, all the flocks shall die. Boy, he's, he was good at, you know, putting it off on somebody else, uh, uh, using them for an excuse. But Jacob promised, however, to meet him later, which, of course, uh, we know that, that, that he, didn't, he didn't there. And so, but here we see another great blessing in Jacob's, in Jacob's life. But of course, uh, life cycle is what? It's usually, amen, uh, great blessing, amen, then great heartache. Great blessing and great heartache. That just seems to be the cycle uh, of life, even, even for a Christian, right? I mean, but you know, I think about this, you know, there's mountains, then the valleys, mountain, valley. Now, if you're, if you're a, a, an optimist, you say it takes two mountains to get a valley. If you're a pessimist, you say it takes two valleys to have a mountain, right? No, I, I'm, a, I'm an optimist, amen? I want more mountains, uh, I want more mountains uh, than, than, than valleys. Yeah, but you know, we need those things in life because listen, uh, I was talking about uh, 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 Switzerland a moment ago. Man, if you've ever uh, driven there, you know, in, in the highest mountains in the world, how many trees? How many trees are on top of Mount Everest? <laughs> None. <laughs> there's, no, there's no trees on top of great mountains. Where's all the growth? All the growth is in the valley. And that's how it is in life, right? Well, we want all those blessings, but most of our growth, right? Most of the area where the roots are and where we get strengthened, right, is in the valleys of life, the difficult parts of life. But the, that are the times that help us appreciate, amen, uh, 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 the blessings. And what do they call a place without mountains and valleys, right? It's just, they call it a plain. Who wants a plain life, amen? <laughs> Who wants a plain life? I don't want a plain life, amen? Even though I don't like everything I have to, have to go through, but we trust, we trust the Lord with it. And so what do we see? Here, he just got great blessing. He got to meet with God face to face. 
He got his uh, name changed, right, from, from uh, the subplanner to a prince and power with God. And, and God gave him some reassurances and a uh, blessing. And then here he thought his brother was going to kill him. And, but then uh, he met his brother and his brother didn't kill him. And there was a great uh, sweet reunion and, and time with his brother. So he just had uh, uh, several great blessings. But then right after that, we see a time of several sorrows, a time of several uh, uh, sorrows. And one is, we read in, uh, jumping over to 34, 1 through 5. It says this, And Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamar, the Hevite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and defiled her. And his soul clave unto Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. And he loved the damsel and spake kindly unto the damsel. And Shechem spake unto his father Hamor, saying, Get me this damsel. And Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter. And now his sons were with his cattle in the field. And Jacob held his peace until they were come. So we see the heartache of his daughter being uh, defiled. And then, of course, uh, the, 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 his sons come in. And they, they tell him, uh, he tells them what happened. And of course, uh, they get upset. But then uh, Shechem comes and says he wants to marry Dinah and ask Jacob for necessary permission. In fact, the Hevites even suggested that, uh, hey, hey, listen, I tell you what, uh, we'll give you our daughters. If you'll give us your daughters, I mean, hey, uh, let's just become, a, let's just become a, a great people together. Boy, the, the world's always trying to find uh, uh, new ways and ideas to get us to compromise and to, amen, uh, uh, hook, hook up with them. But we know better than that, right? We're supposed to be uh, separated people. Make your marriages with us. But of course, uh, you know, those brothers come up with a scheme. They got their dad's blood in them, right? <laughs> they got their dad's blood with them and they come up with a scheme and said, hey, well, I got an idea. Well, well sure. That sounds like a good idea, right? How about uh, uh, all of you uh, 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 get, get circumcised because our women can't be with uh, people that aren't circumcised. That's the sign of our covenant and, and, uh, and, and we're Jews and all these things. And, and uh, uh, they agreed to it. But of course, the whole time they were setting up the scheme because Dinah's brothers, of course, inwardly, uh, uh, they, they were upset, rightfully so, about what Shechem had done in taking advantage of their sister. And so uh, all, all the men of this land agreed to be circumcised. And of course, after the third day, we know that the brothers sneak in. And it says, on the third day, when their wounds were sore, Levi and Simeon walked boldly into the camp and slaughtered every man there, including Shechem and his father. They then plundered the city, taking all the spoil, including the widows and orphans. And of course, Jacob was furious with them and rebuked his two murderous sons and said, Ye have troubled me to make me stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together and come against us, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. And so, uh, he, of course, he rebukes, he rebukes, his, he rebukes his sons uh, for what they did. So he had the heartache of what happened to his daughter, then they had the heartache of his sons uh, 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 murdering some people and uh, giving him a bad reputation in the land. And then uh, not long after that, you see in chapter 35, 
We see in verse 8, it says, But Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak, and the name of it was called Alon Bakuth. Right? And so we see right now, there, there, after this, there's several deaths in his family. So we see here Deborah, uh, his nurse, died. And then after that, we see in verses 16 through 20, it says, And they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass when she was hard labor that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass as her soul was departing, for she died that she called his name Benomotnai, but his father called him Benjamin. And Rachel died and was buried in the way of Ephrath, which is, notice this, Bethlehem. And Jacob set a pillar upon her grave, that is the pillar of Rachel's grave, unto this day. Now notice, where was Benjamin born? In Bethel, right? And uh, what, did, what, what does uh, uh, Benjamin mean? What does Benjamin mean, Benjamin? Son of my right hand. Amen? Then how come you're sitting on the left of your dad? Right? You're supposed to be on the right side of your dad, right? But notice, but, here, but, but here, here's, a, here, here's an interesting thing. It's funny how, you know, you just read over something like that, right? You just read over something like that. Okay, well, here's Benjamin, the son of my right hand. And you go on with the story. Well, where was he born? Bethlehem. Well, where was Jesus born? Amen. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Amen. <laughs> and he was the son of God's right hand. Amen. Where's Jesus right now? He's on the right hand of God the Father. Well, see how, see how God just slips those things in there? That's amazing to me. You just see how, how this whole Bible is just tied together. And boy, we just read it and we go through these little stories. But boy, when we stop and take notice of a few things, we just and meditate on it. Say, oh, Bethlehem, that's where Jesus was born. Oh, Benjamin, oh, that means a, a son of the right hand. Oh, where's Jesus right now? He's on the right hand of the Father, amen? So there were a couple sons born there that were the son of the right hand of their, of their father, uh, the Lord. Jesus Christ. And boy, it's amazing how God just slips that in right there. And then we see at the end uh, of chapter uh, 37, verses 27 through 29, we see another death. It says, uh, let me check, sorry, I'm looking for the, the death of uh, Isaac there. Okay, I got the wrong verse there. But not long after that, uh, Isaac dies. Their father dies. Isn't it amazing that he's still alive after they went and did all, all that? Remember, when, when, uh, when uh, 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 Jacob was leaving, why was, why was he leaving? Why did his father bless him? Because he thought he was getting near death. He said, well, it's time to bless my sons. And here it is 20 years later, uh, and he's still alive. And so Isaac died. So here we see Jacob had all these blessings, and it went long after that that there was great heartache in his life. And so you see, it doesn't matter what level you get with God. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, uh, how strong your walk is with God. Listen, uh, th things happen in everybody's life. And so uh, when, when that great heartache comes and when those trials comes, remember, uh, uh, we all have to face those things. Nobody gets to escape those things in life, though we might have them to different degrees or we might have them at different uh, times in life and different ways in life. Nobody escapes the heartaches of life. But you know what else? Amen. As we walk with God, nobody escapes the blessings of God either. 
Amen. So think about that. Nobody escapes the blessings of God as we walk with God and nobody escapes the heartaches of God. Even the great man, the great uh, 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 Jacob, right, who was changed as a prince with God and had power with God. And and uh, of course, uh, the nation of Israel comes with him and many, many great, wonderful things happen in Jacob's life. But also we see many great, great heartaches. His daughter was defiled. His sons uh, committed uh, uh, murder. And then uh, all these all these deaths in a row. And of course, you read on, and and his some of his other sons uh, uh, did things that they that they that they shouldn't have that they shouldn't have done, and so. But you know what? I'm glad that God puts all these things in the Bible in people's lives. He just didn't put the highlights in their life, but He shows us their mistakes. He shows the heartaches in their life. He shows the blessings in their life, right? And so, what does that help us? He say, listen, it doesn't matter what age or stage or what time period, amen, every generation, every people have had to go through the same things, right? And so, the best thing to do is just stay with God and keep walking with God and keep trusting God, amen, and know at the end of the day, I'm going to have to stop there, that it is, that it is worth it all, amen? That it is worth it all. Oh, I know one, one, one verse I know I wanted to read there. Go back one second. Let me finish with this, 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 these verses where Jacob's getting ready to cross over. Just a reminder, I might, have, I might have read these, but I want to read them again. Verses 9 through 11. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over Jordan, and now I am become two bands. He says, man, when I passed over here, all I had with this staff. But Lord, I, it, 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 as undeserving as I am, you've blessed me. Boy, we could all give that testimony, couldn't we? But I like, uh, uh, he goes on to say here, look what he says in verses 11 and 12. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. And notice he says he's praying for deliverance from Esau because he thinks Esau is going to kill him. And look what he says in verse 12. And thou sayest, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered from multitude. Lord, you can't let him. Here's what he's saying. Lord, you can't let him kill me because you already gave me a promise that all this was going to happen. And Lord, if you let him kill me, then all these promises won't be fulfilled. Well, that's a good thing to do. What do he do? He claimed God's word, amen? And that's what God wants us to do in prayer. Sometimes we think, oh no, God. Hey, that's all God is asking us to do in prayer. Hey, if you have a need in your life or you have a situation, circumstance in your life, you do what Jacob did. Find a verse that applies to that need. Find a verse that applies to that situation, circumstances, amen, and run to the throne room of God and claim it. Even old Jacob, amen, uh, can teach you a few things about prayer. That's what he did. Say, God, you can't let him kill me. You got all these prophecies fulfilled through me. Amen. So just claim the, just claim the promises uh, uh, of God. So even uh, uh, somebody as sorry as Jacob, amen, can teach us about the goodness of God. Let's pray.